0: well hello and welcome back to flash knockdown series three episode number five i'm jamie ward and today we're back at matrim headquarters in brentwood essex and here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show Undisputed, undefeated, and undeniably one of the baddest on the planet right now. Chantel Cameron joins us from Dubai training camp to reflect and preview war with Katie Taylor. Former world heavyweight champion Joseph Parker, he's on the line to discuss all the latest on the best things to happen in boxing last week. Former British welterweight champion turned coach Bradley Skeet is over in Mexico. He takes on our weekly quiz. Coach Joe McNally picks his dream dinner party lineup and is an absolute belter of a Mike Costello diary memory coming up. Great show this week, so don't go anywhere. So I'm absolutely delighted now to be joined by undisputed £140 champion Chantel Cameron live on the phone from her Dubai training camp. Chantel, first of all, great to catch up. How are you and, and how's the warm weather?
1: Yeah, I'm great, thank you. It's been great to be out in Dubai and getting some warm weather training to start off my camp. So uh, it's been great, yeah.
0: How long have you uh, you actually been out there? And obviously you're over there with, with all the lads as well who are all preparing for big fights coming up. So how's the, uh, how's the atmosphere been with all of you in the gym?
1: So, being out here eight days and obviously doing great because they're all near the, near the end of their camp now. I think they've got like, I think Cam's got three weeks to go and Akib and Asam got about, and Asam, Akib and Jack have got about five weeks. So, everyone's flying and it's good to be around them because obviously I've got my big bike coming up as well. So, it's kind of maybe put my foot on the gas a bit.
0: Well, I know we often joke about it, but since that magical night, Chantel, I've seen you on Instagram. You, you've been at some music festivals, having family time, out walking your (laughs) dog who you love very much as well. But I suppose eating what you like, doing what you like, just relaxing. But in particular, why do you think this, after that fight in particular, this this was an important period where you did have to take some time to switch off?
1: Oh, definitely. I needed uh, needed a break because obviously it was a massive fight and the whole build-up. And I actually was injured. I had an injury in that camp as well. So I had to have a bit of time off because... uh, I didn't have time to let it... I didn't have time to arrest my injury in camp because I was going to fall short on time to prepare.
0: I know we spoke about it also about a week after and you said you hadn't really processed processed the the win at all. Yeah, but in the months that have followed Chantel, away from just boxing, what do you think you proved, not just to yourself that night, but to everyone else as well, that you can carry forward every day in training camp now? Do
1: you know what? I think it was... I think people have finally seen that I can fight and I don't go around mouthing up and... Speaking highly of myself, I just let my boxing do the talking for me, and I think people now have to recognise that and seeing that I've got I've got, I've got all the skills that I need, and um, I'm a good fighter. So I think I think that was quite quite big for me because obviously I am quite quiet and I don't really say much. So I had to prove myself, and i have definitely done that now.
0: I remember being in the hotel all week and you seemed really unfazed and Jamie and Nigel, as they would do, uh, obviously they've got your back through thick and thin, but they kept telling me that you were in a great place. Truthfully though, when you can look back now and you won the fight, in the build-up to that Saturday, what was going through your mind, Chantel, and how were the nerves?
1: I've always said that I can beat K.E. Um, I'm the one to beat her now. but if I lose, how the hell am I going to bounce back from this? So the whole week, I just all the pressure was on Katie. But for me, it was like... I've really got to do this now and I've got to prove everyone wrong. And it had so many dowers and that was what was firing me on because the dowers I was like, I have to make sure that I prove these wrong and kind of like stick my fingers up to them and be like, yeah, I've done it. And that's what I, that, that was what was going through my head. So I, I did have my own pressure. The ring
0: walk, I, I remember the, the atmosphere in the arena was, was incredible really. And I imagine it's probably something that you don't really remember all too that much of because you were so switched on. But I just remember Katie's ring walk and I turned to one of my colleagues and I said, this feels like it's been going on for ages. And I looked up to you in the ring. You, you were in the corner. Jamie and Nigel were talking to you. And, you know, you were doing a bit of shadow boxing. But you had your back to Katie, it seemed like, for most of her yeah. room, looking up at the crowd. What, what were they saying to you? And what was going through your mind at that moment?
1: So we added little trigger words, because obviously we weren't expecting the Ling Walk to be that long. And I took my robot So I had to keep myself warm and not switch off and stay in the zone. So obviously the crowd was going to it. Um, Katie's homecoming coming, in, so of course it was going to be the absolute, it was going to be absolute out of this world, and they were just giving me little trigger words and like, it was making me laugh and stuff, just to kind of keep my energy down and keep me, keep me, keep the head straight. And uh, I remember I was just thinking, oh, please just get in this ring, I just want the bell to go and just get tired.
0: And I know you've been over the fight many times now, Chantel, in various different interviews, but watching it back now, what are the main feelings you have in in terms of yourself, in terms of your own performance, when when you sit and watch the fight back, how does it make you feel now watching it?
1: So I think it was about two, three weeks ago, I had to sit down with Jamie and watch it back. And obviously after the fight, I did watch it and thought, oh, that's all right. Obviously there were things that I did wrong and there was some scrappy parts, but I didn't really analyse it as much. But when I sat down, I think three weeks ago with Jamie, it was making me cringe because I was like, "God, the last round was definitely like the messiest round." Um, there was things that I was doing wrong, and I think I'm a worst on my own worst critic anyway. So watching it back now, I kind of can't watch it because it, it like, annoys me a bit because there was things I didn't do right, and there were things I did do right, but there's also a lot that I did wrong, and
0: I made a lot of mistakes. And in terms of the rematch, obviously there was negotiations for a little while, but Chantel, my first question on this rematch is how are you feeling deep down, once again, heading back to the Lions' den in Dublin, but not just that, to also defend your belts once again? What, what do you make of the terms that have been agreed?
1: Honestly, um, it would have been nice if like I had a challenge. Uh, my challenge the first time round was proving everyone wrong and beating Katie Taylor. Like, I have so much respect for Katie. She's the best female boxer that's on the planet, but I beat her and it's kind of like... What, what now and I don't think it was that much of a close fight where it, it needed a rematch if I'm honest I think uh, there were some close rounds but I think I comfortably won so um, I'm a bit like like so to have the rematch but it would have been nice if Summit was on my, on my terms like maybe three minute rounds or mutual uh, venues just or, or put her belts in the line or something but I kind of just think you know what it is what it is and my motivation this time is I've done it once I've got to do it again and make everyone see that it wasn't just an night decay. I see a lot of people saying that um, it was an night decay and all that. it may have been but that wasn't the best Chantel either so I know that I can perform a lot better than that so I think we're both going to bring a whole new game plan and I think we're both going to be better than last night so I think that's what motivates me and that's what um, pushing me in Giving me that hunger again because I know that she's got something to prove but I've also got something to prove again I've got to prove that it wasn't just an afternoon like the case and I'm, I'm just about all around
0: you mentioned the three minute rounds there and, and one fighter who's been shouting your corner on social media recently Chantel Cameron is Amanda Serrano I know someone you're a big fan of yeah. as well um, she's making history 12 three minute rounds in her, in her next fight is that something that you, you mentioned it there but is that truly something that you are an advocate for and what do you make of Amanda's comments about you recently
1: Hundred percent. So I think it was last May when I was boxing um, Victoria Buster. Me and Jamie said, because even that fight it was a title defense. And I would that everyone knows that I was in that tournament. Something didn't and the Buster fight I was like, alright, let's do something different. Like, let's do three minute rounds. So I was shouting about three minute rounds last year, saying I, uh, um, me, me and Buster do so a defense offer three minute rounds, and I nothing come off it but me and Jamie have said like multiple times that 3 minute rounds suit me anyway so obviously I'm going to want to do it because I know that it's going to benefit me but I've seen uh, Amanda Serrano that she was doing 3 minute rounds and I thought do you know what like that that would be insane if me and Katie go back to Dublin and have the rematch and we fight 3 minute rounds as well because then it's just going to help women's boxing as well it's not just about me and Katie it's about the rest of the 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 rest of the boxing world and the female boxers that they want to do 3 minutes too so if man is pushing it, then me and Kate can push it.
0: She did say that you aren't being talked about enough, Chantel, since your, your win over Katie Taylor. Do you, do you agree with her? Do you see where she's coming from in that regard?
1: Um, I kind of do agree. Yeah, I think, like, obviously I beat Katie Taylor and it's kind of being pushed into the carpet a little bit. But nobody wants to talk about it. And I think, look, I know for a fact people weren't expecting me to win and people didn't want me to win. And it was only my team around me, like Jamie, uh, Nigel, that really believed in me and thought, well, I was going to do this, and they wanted me to win. Whereas there's others where I kind of, I've done something that they didn't want it to happen and I should, it shouldn't have happened. So it's kind of like, if you put it under the carpet, no one's going to talk about it, and it's not got to be recognised. So I think, obviously, that that happened But at the same time, I've not helped myself. I've not um, been putting myself out there, so I've not been at every show, every weekend, doing commentary, doing... Interviews in that, so I'm, I've, I've got myself blessed for that as well. But obviously, I've not been at the recognition that could have happened for beating Kate. I think if there was any of a boxer that beat Kate, it would have been here, there, and everywhere. You wouldn't have had, you would have, have been sick
0: of hearing about it. Well, you will have championship privileges this time round, Chantel, which I know was very important to you, to you heading into the first fight, really. But you definitely have it for this rematch. You're going to be walking second, your name's first on the poster. Why was that something, not just mentally, but also in terms of? For your own status of, of what you've achieved this year, why was that something that was so important to you?
1: To be honest, the name thing really didn't bother me. At it's just the name. It's just, and then I'm going back to Katie. So it's going to be Katie's show again because I'm going back to Dublin. So like, I'm not going to be colluded here and think, oh, it's my show. It's not. It's still Katie's show. It's Katie's show. I'm coming. Katie's the pull in this fight, and obviously, even though I beat her, it's just it is what it is, and I said that. So the mm. name, I actually didn't, didn't care about. It's just the name. It's just a poster. But The ring walk, yeah. I wanted to walk in separate because obviously, the first time my ring walk was rushed. Had to kind of my ring walk started when I was in the changing room, had to get in the ring, and then when Katie started, it felt like it was never ending. So, at least this time, Kate can do her ring walk, and then I'll be in the changing room with Jamie and that, not out in the crowd. And then when I do walk in, at least, yeah, least that down to me. I can, I can control my own ring walk, so that was that was important to me to have ring walk that was because of
0: the experience of the first fight so is it safe to say then that for your ring walk this time round I've heard you've got about 8 different songs you want stitched together it's <laughs> going to be about 35 minutes long is that true <laughs> no you're
1: talking about about
0: 37 it's estimated at <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to talk to you Chantel about you know the disrespect you say that you did feel heading into that first fight but being against it getting the win in what ways do you feel that's made you feel more dangerous heading into this rematch
1: so, uh, this fight now is going to be completely different. My mindset's different, my attitude's different, and that's because I've experienced what I experienced the first time around. Obviously, it's the first time I've, I that's the first time I've boxed on such a big platform, and I was against the, gold, the Golden Girl in boxing, so I had to kind of get that experience to make me feel as confident as I'm now. And I think uh, this time is kind of, I've been in there with Katie. I've been to Ireland, I've experienced the whole crowd and the backing of Katie. And to be honest with you, I think in that fight it got to me. I remember I was listening to the crowd and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, like there's punches hitting my arms in the places war. and I'll catch her with some combos, and you can hear a penny drop. So I think this time it's more like, as much as I respect Katie out of the, out of the ring, in the ring, there's zero respect. There's zero respect. I've already beat her. And I'm going in where, I'm, where when I fight better I've got a bit of spite in me and I've definitely got spite in me for this fight I'm frustrated I've got a bit of spite and i am going in there to, to cause damage
0: this time So with, with that zero respect because you said you said just basically then you said it to me after the fight that she didn't hurt you once over those 10 rounds what, what makes you think with this new attitude the new outlook the experience you've built up what makes you think that on November 25th Chantel Cameron you can stop and will stop Katie Taylor inside the distance
1: so, I, I, Katie's very, very fast. And people are saying about the marks on my face. But if you watch the fight back, you see how many times got headbread. And you're going to get marked up if you're getting headbread. But Katie's very fast, a, a, an amazing boxer, but her punches, it, is, it didn't hurt me. So, um, I don't, I'm not going in there to look to stop Katie. But if the stoppage is there, the stoppage is there. Like, this time, it's, I've got the confidence. Um, I know how to beat Katie. And I know she can't hurt me. And I think I'm just bigger, stronger. And the stuff I'm doing with Jamie is I'm going to be a lot more aggressive and I'm going to be a lot more spiteful in my shots. So we're working on actually developing my power. So I'm going in there to make sure that I show it up as well. And if I see I hurt KE, then obviously I'm going, judges going against me. I was, I was very lucky the first time to get decision, even though that give it a draw. But this time, I know that I have to do a proper job on Kane. Can't go in there and risk it.
0: We've been uh, spending a bit of time with Katie over, I think, about a month ago now, where we did some stuff with her out in Connecticut, Chantel. And, and as you can imagine, she's fired up. I think I'd probably use the word obsessed uh, in how she feels heading <laughs> yeah. into this fight. Everything's always about looking forward. So if we speak this into existence for you, what do you imagine Katie yeah. Taylor might do on the back of two defeats to yourself? And why, what, how, how are you expecting her to be approaching this fight? Honestly,
1: she's going to be obsessed at the same time. She, she she like, there's a balance between being obsessed and pushing yourself and burning yourself out. And I'm naturally bigger, I'm naturally stronger, and I've got a high work rate. So no matter what she comes in with, I'm going to have an answer. But, and I'm going to be a lot fit in this fight because I know that I have to start back. She's going to try to start back, but I've just got to... And she's going to try to burn all rounds off me, whereas i just got to have that work rate where I'm going to be on her
0: make her and going to So good Thank to catch day. up. Uh, we'll thanks see you up. very soon. We're going to come into camp and, and spend some time with you very soon. Chantelle okay. Cameron versus Katie Taylor 2. Live on The Zone, November 25th. This one is heating up nicely for another cracker of a fight. Chantelle, thanks for your time. Well, many of you might have seen our recent Wes Anderson-inspired promo to announce that we are heading back to Monte Carlo on the 4th of November. And I must admit, Scott, I'm pretty excited as far as... Actually, to be fair, I can't say I'm excited yet, because we are waiting in the office for the team sheet. It's like waiting for Gareth Southgate to pick up the phone for the Euros. No one knows who's going yet. Just make sure your phone's on, mate. Well, my tuxedo's pressed, ready. Not that I'm getting overconfident, but... I don't think mine fits me anymore.
2: <laughs> it's been, what, four years? I've definitely put a bit of timber since then. I think we've mentioned on in numerous times. It is definitely one of the... Most famous stops of the Matrim tour, so to speak. It's
0: bizarre, really, but it's brilliant.
2: When was the last one? 2019. Yeah. Who headlined
0: that? Bataille of Besputin and Joey Cordina boxed Tonoko. Yes, he did. Victoria Bustos against Cecilia Breakhouse, and I must say, I'm not even reading this off box rec. That is um, memory. That's knowledge. Very much so. Uh, it's a special place. I mean, the fighters getting a a service lift from the kitchen to come upstairs into the casino to do their the ring walk. The lift goes bing, and then then they come out onto the casino floor. I thought you can say that was a microwave. <laughs> it's uh it is mad um, excited to see Joe back in action excited to see Ramler alley jump straight back into the fire and after what was it was a heavy defeat you know in, in terms of knockouts in in the women's game we, we don't see an awful lot of them i think it's fair to say but that one in particular was 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 a big knockout and it's a it I think Ramler deserves a lot of credit to be fair I'm just looking at the the canvas edition with Ramla's face on the front cover make sure you, you purchase that if you haven't already but Ramla jumping straight back into the fire I think she deserves a lot of credit and it speaks volumes of her as, as a person and I think you know what she's been through in life is a big part of that mindset 100% agree yeah I was a little bit shocked when I saw
2: the, uh, the poster sort of being being built from our design team obviously speaks volumes in terms of her own self-belief as well easily could have swerved it, easily, especially in the manner of the way that fight yep. unfolded. But look, she's got a very astute trainer in the, in the corner as well. So, you know, if she wins this, her career sort of takes off where it, where it sort of was parked somewhat.
0: Absolutely. Sivanati, Nonchinga, excited to see him in action. World title action as well. Solly Sissoko. I mentioned on the podcast last week, had a good day in camp with, with Lee Wood. He's firing in all cylinders. Massive fight coming up on October 7th, of course, and we're actually tomorrow, we're doing a, a range of media with the boys and we're actually filming a sit-down face-off with the two, with Ade Depot as well, which I think might be quite interesting, exciting. Normally, we don't do them this close to the fight. Circumstances have meant we are doing that. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, when you're deep in camp for a big fight like this, how they are with each other.
2: Yeah, especially as the two launch press conferences were fairly civil, let's be honest. You know, they've been in and around each other now. I often find the face-offs sort of get a bit tetchy when guys are coming together for the first time so i think there's plans to maybe do i with bam sunny in a couple of weeks i could see that being quite lively this one where they've been around each other a little bit could it could fizzle out but like you say now we're getting a little bit closer to, to fight night the weight started to come down they probably this will probably be the last chance they get to say anything to each other or see each other until fight week so yeah i'm intrigued by this i am
0: very much so and closing in on a sellout well, Scott, we always do give you an opportunity because what what's your job title at Matron? All rounder. No, it's not. If I was a cricket
2: player, I'd be batting number six and probably bowl a few overs. Steady Eddie. I just get you know what that used to be my nickname in my old school football team.
0: Well, when Doc- I f- in my first week, you told me that was your nickname at the Spurs Academy. So you, <laughs> you, you, you lied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Um uh, But no, no. New new piece of content. I guess you can call it new platform. What can you tell us about what is the latest and where fans can find it?
2: WhatsApp has launched. A new service, so to speak. So, if you're on your phone now and you get out WhatsApp, you'll see on the bottom left hand side status. No one really uses it. A couple of people upload pictures, a couple of our fighters use it. It's never really taken off. So, they're replacing that with something called updates. And on updates, you will find now brands, football clubs, industry leaders, such as matchroom boxing, on there. So, we can now push out. Almost sort of bulletin style updates for content, for new show announcements, for new signings. And at the end of the phone is myself. I will be the one sending out the information.
0: God help you all. (laughs) That that status thing's interesting. You know, randomly always puts one up all the time.
2: Connor Ben does it a lot. Connor Ben
0: does. So it's only people you've got their number of CQC. Correct. David Avanetian. I don't think I've got his number. How is David (laughs) <laughs> Do not, I've not spoken to him.
2: I've not spoken to him. But yeah, get, in, get involved with it. Um, give us a follow. We're going to be dropping some exclusive content on our WhatsApp first and foremost. So some, some bits of news over the coming days and weeks will be breaking on WhatsApp first and foremost. So simply head over to the WhatsApp, click on um, updates, and then you'll find Matchroom Boxing. Give it a follow.
0: So this Friday night, Tijuana. If we're seeing any spelling errors in tweets, it's in Je- it's Instagram Jamie Instagram posts, it's Scott Hamilton. In, no. his, in his boxes, in his living room.
2: No, no, I'm not doing the socials this week. We've got Josh on site, but I'm doing the live clipping element of the, the job.
0: For the fans who don't know what that means, that means if you see a clip of a knockout, then Scott has very carefully selected that for your for your entertaining pleasure. So we look forward to seeing all our fighters back in action this Friday night, early morning hours of Saturday from Tijuana in Mexico. Sky Nicholson and Fierro in the main event as well, live, of course, and only on The Zone. Well, it is that time of the show once again. The best thing to happen in boxing last week. With a couple of shouts from you, the fans, joining us today. What an absolute treat to welcome former world heavyweight champion Joseph Parker to Flash Knockdown. Joe, great to catch up. How are you, sir?
3: What's up? I am fantastic. I'm enjoying life. I'm training hard and living living the life, you know, living the life of uh, keeping in shape and just making everyday count.
0: We know you're a you're a family man, first of all, but also a great fighter. Two wins, I believe, since the Joe Joyce fight, of course. What's uh, what's in the mind for you, Joe, at the moment in terms of your career, the direction you go in? What what is the the motivation for you just at this stage?
3: Listen, I want to be champion again, and um, I've been champion before. I know what it takes, but I just haven't I haven't gotten it right the last I don't know the last year or so, the last two years. But I feel like now I'm in a great place and. I know. Listen, you can say it, there's so many times you can say it, but I do feel like I'm in a good place now with um, the right balance. You know, I'm not I'm not smashing myself in the gym. I'm doing what I need to do. Um, I'm resting well, and I'm eating good food. And I feel I feel like it's you know I can say how great it is, but unless I show it in the ring, it's not going to matter. So I'm looking forward to when I can lock in the next fight and, and put it all all on display.
0: How much do you think, Joe? Then since that that fight with Joe Joyce in particular, that you've learned about yourself you've mentioned about training and diet and things changing you say you know what it takes now to be a world champion once again but what do you feel you've learned about yourself as a man and as a fighter in this period you
3: know what you know going into that fight it was it was a tough fight listen joy joyce is a tough man and um i probably shouldn't have taken that fight i shouldn't have fought um you know being being a little bit off or being ill or and i should have i should have. You know, had someone in the team say, "I, I should have Listen to a few, few, few of the team said, "Listen, you're, you're not, you're not and you're, you're a bit ill." But mentally, I was, I was all in there. So I gave it my best shot. It wasn't good on the day, but I've learned just to, you know, there's risks and there's rewards. And I took the risk, didn't get the reward. But from now on, you know, going to listen to the team, listen to my body, and just, just fight when you are 100% right and ready for it.
0: Well, Joe, we really do hope that we not only see you become world champion once again, but we see you back in the ring, hopefully on a matchroom show, uh, in small quotes, very, very soon. I do just want to throw over now to your friend, producer Scott as well. He's got some questions from the fans. We've got a lot to talk about this week. So here is Scott with a few questions for Mr. Joseph Parker.
2: Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, a couple of couple of shouts from the fans. The first one is from Helen Jude, who says the best thing to happen in boxing last week was the Wardley and Adelaide Ruck at the press conference. Helen says, it just builds the fight up to be bigger. I'm all for it.
0: Well, Joe, how do you view that as a fighter? It seemed genuine beef. It seemed that it went a little bit too far between those two guys on the red carpet. What, what was your opinion of what unfolded?
3: Look, my opinion is that both guys, if, if it does go ahead and, and they do fight on their card, like, you're getting paid to, to fight on the cards so I mean if there is beef and there is a bit of like uh tension I know you can you can say things you can do a little shove here and there but I think it did go a bit far I think um listen, as long as you save it for the ring and give it everything in the ring that's when you're going to get paid but if anything outside of the ring and, and you get into a, a punch up or a brawl then you know the fight gets cancelled you're not going to get paid and you know it just drags on so I mean, it was great to to build it up, but um, just a bit bit more. I don't know, just a bit more calmness, maybe.
0: For you, Joe, obviously a complete warrior in the ring, but very nice and and respectful out the ring. Has that always been your ethos when it comes to professional boxing, and something that you pride yourself on as well?
3: Yeah, I think it's it's important to be respectful outside of the ring and to show just um, you know just the the respect factor. But when you're in the ring, that's when you have to maybe. You know, that's when you have to put it all on the line and go for it. But I think it's important to, even if there are verbal um, abuse to each other, whatever it is, but as long as you save, you know, the physical side of things in the ring, I think that's important.
2: The next shout this week is from Pete92 underscore, who says the Tyson Fury press conference last week was comedy gold as ever. What a bloke.
0: Well, he's certainly an entertainer. Joe, you're in in camp at the moment, aren't you? With with Tyson down in Morecambe. How's that going? Camp is great. Uh, We
3: training every day, you know, Tyson's putting in the work, I'm putting in some great work with running, boxing, got Andy Lee here now, so that makes things a lot better for me. Sugar Hill's here training Tyson, and it's, uh, if you think the press conference is comedy gold, imagine seeing him every day. Imagine the comedy gold you get every day. You know, he, he has a character, and um, he's funny, like he says a lot of funny things. He trains hard, works hard, but when it's time to have fun and enjoy and relax, and relax a bit, he's, he's all for it.
0: What Joe is your? Uh, I know I know you're good friends with Tyson, but what is your honest opinion on on this fight? You know there was a lot of boxing fans are a bit disappointed that it wasn't Anthony Joshua, it wasn't Alexander Rusek, that It looks like we're only going to have one world heavyweight championship fight this year. What was what was your opinion on Tyson choosing to, to take this route with Francis Ngannou?
3: I think Tyson just does what's good for him. I think uh, he's both guys getting paid a lot of money for this, and I think it's a it's a, it's a different fight. It's a crossover. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a new thing. Uh, has there been a, a, ch- a champion boxer ever fight at UFC? I don't think it ever has happened before.
2: No. Especially at the top so of the I, game as well, yeah.
3: They're both at the top of the game. I know France is, is a beast himself and I know it's, uh, you know, he was the UFC champion of the world. Um, but I think boxing is very different and, and listen, he's got Mike Tyson in his corner. He's got Dewey doing his training. He's got Carlos Takim training with him and all this. So, it's going to be a big task and challenge for him. But I, I think it is, uh, it's going to have a lot of eyes on this, on this fight.
0: And you're in camp obviously with, with the aim to, to get back in the ring yourself soon, but I take it you're also sparring Tyson. Are you in, in preparation for Ngarno? You know what? I've never sparred Tyson ever. Wow. I, I did I've not never
3: know that. Him. We do train together, but we've never, we've done body sparring, but not full contact sparring. And, uh, I think the sparring, like he's gonna, he's got Sugar Hill and it has got himself to look at the sparring partners. I'm not sure he's going to bring him in, but I think all of that will start in the next few weeks or
0: so. Would you like to spar him, Joe? And if you don't mind me asking, why do you think it is that you, you two have yeah. never sparred?
3: Uh I'm not sure. I, I did offer myself to spar before. Um, I do like, you know, I've always wanted, to, I've always wanted to fight him in the past, you know, because I thought he was the best out there, and I fought Josh a White and I thought, you know, I want to fight Tyson, but. We've become very close. He's done a lot for me. And he's, like, he treats me no different to his brothers. So, it's um, you know, I have a lot of respect and, and appreciation of what he's done for me and, you know, looking after me while I'm here in England.
0: How do you think he has helped you, Joe, in terms of not just your, your skill set and your fighting development coming on, but also in terms of, of that mindset? What would, what would you say in in simple terms that Tyson Fury's done for Joseph Parker?
3: You know, when you surround yourself with, like, with, uh, with so example, you got Andy Lee training me and Andy Lee taught it a world of knowledge. And then you got Sugar Hill around camp and then you also got Tyson. Tyson's like it's like the mentality that he has, it's like he's, like I'm never gonna lose. I'm ne- I I'm gonna train the hardest I'm the hardest worker in the room. And I you know, I'm not gonna leave the gym unless I put in hard work each and every time. And also like he just does everything on point. Whereas, you know, he's got his massage, he's got his nutritionist, he's got um you know, stretch sessions, got, you know, strength recognition, everything. So I think just seeing the way that he operates has, has helped me, um, you know, lock in people in my, my own team, my own strength recognition, my own nutritionist. And, and I feel like uh, that's uh, rubbed off on me quite well.
0: Are you expecting Tyson Fury to to win this fight however he wants to? But not just that, but to take Francis Ngannou out in, in this fight? How do you see it unfolding in your mind?
3: Oh yeah, I believe he, I believe he takes him out. I think it's not so much um, you know, I think it's, it's when, when he really wants to take him out. I know he, he can control the distance of his height and his reach. And Francis does have a his chance, but it's all about landing that shot. And I don't think for, with all the fighters he's fought he's in boxing, they haven't really managed to. Only Wilder has dropped him, you know. So it'll be, it'll be when he's ready to take him out.
0: You've been talking there, Joe, about a little bit about Tyson behind the scenes. Like I say, people have had his opinions opinions on Tyson recently about whether he does want these fights. In your mind, obviously, we represent Anthony Joshua. You know Tyson really well. Have you spoke to him about that fight when you guys have been having breakfast, breakfast lunch? Do you get the opinion that he does still really want to fight AJ, despite perhaps what he says on, on some interviews?
3: I think he wants to fight everyone. I think uh, before the fights Francis Garner fight, I think he, he was trying to... I know, I'm not sure what, what happens going the teams on both teams, but the only thing that I've heard from this player was that he wanted the AJ fight, he wanted the Usyk fight, and then both of them fell first, and he went and got the fight with uh, Francis Ngannou. So I think, um, you know, he's got this big fight with Francis Ngannou, but I think he wants to fight everyone.
0: And how do you see that fight going, Joseph, in your mind? Obviously, you boxed Anthony Joshua, went 12 rounds with him in a good fight, but how do you believe a fight between Tyson and maybe Usyk and Anthony Joshua would unfold? Do you believe he beats everyone, truly?
3: Yeah, listen, truly, it's quite unfair to ask me because <laughs> I'm part of the team. But also, like I say, if you ask Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn will say, Josh will smash everyone. You know what I mean? And that's his promoter. But for me, um, even if I say it's not from being in Tyson's team, I still think he beats everyone. So it's, it's sort of, it's, listen, I am biased because he is close to me. But I also I've seen him operate in the gym and I've seen him spar and I've seen all the sparring partners he has had in camp and, the way that he controls them, the way he um, manoeuvres them, the way that he uses his height and his reach, uh, it's very impressive.
2: Just speaking of sparring there, I was just thinking about Carlos Takham and Francis Ngannou. That would be, I'd pay to watch that sparring. That'd that'd be, be naughty I would sparring. pay to
3: watch that too. Takham is a beast. Yeah, I, be- I, I fought Takam in the past. And I think, uh, listen, hopefully he can lock in a fight soon. I know Takam's been around for a long time, but he's still, he's still got what it takes uh, to give, you know, very exciting fights.
2: Definitely, and the last shout this week is from uh, Mr. Andy Green, who says the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Yves Ngabu blasting out Floyd Masson to win the IBO World Cruiserweight title. What a win!
0: Well, I think that was a first loss on on Floyd's career. He's fighting out of Australia, but born in New Zealand. Joe boxing in, in the region at the moment seems to be generally on the up, and I imagine have plans to to stage regular shows down there in in the next few years. And Look, the fighters like Jai Pitya. obviously he's in action over here in, in a few weeks. How do you see the region and, and sport, the appetite for boxing at the moment in Australia and New Zealand?
3: I think uh, in New Zealand, it's not as, it's not on the same level as Australia. Australia is actually climbing and booming with the boxing scene. And uh, they got no limit boxing in Australia. But also, Matrim, like you mentioned, I'm moving to Australia and they have signed up Jai Pitya. and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that fight with Jai Pitya. I know he's been um, looking for a, a tough fight and looking for any fight. And now he's locked in a fight with Jordan Thompson on, on one of the, the Matroom cars. So I think Matroom moving to Australia and, you know, creating that buzz, I think it's going to lift it up even more. And hopefully that passes on to New Zealand, which will, you know, neighbour country.
0: Well, in terms of that fight with, with Jordan Thompson, obviously Jordan's been in and around the gym, hasn't he, at times, um, doing some work with Andy Lee. We, have you been down there at the same time of the pair of you cross paths?
3: Yeah, and I've done some training with Jordan. Jordan, Jordan is a, it's a, a tough fight for Jai Bataille. He's got height and he's got reach and he can bang. Um, the only the only thing though, Jai, Jai is a well you know well prepared fighter with with a great team behind him and he comes he comes to fight and he comes to box and he can he can do it all, you know. So um, i it's it's, a, it's an intriguing fight.
0: Well, that's Jordan Thompson Jai Pattaya IBF World Cruiserweight championship September 30th. That one live on the Zone. Joseph Parker though the main man of this conversation. My final question to you: If we're doing this interview in, again in a year's time, what do you think? And hope you would have achieved. Can we see you on the undercard of Fury and Garnu? This is your opportunity to say whatever yeah, you like. It. What what yeah, happened? What are you I, doing next?
3: If I can get on the card, I would love to fight any. I don't. I don't care who it is. I want to fight anyone on the card. I want to fight. Hopefully in October. I want to fight again in December. And in the years time, I should be champion of the world.
0: Well, Joseph Parker, I must say, best of luck in the rest of camp with with Mr. Tyson Fury. Hope all goes well. Hope you stay healthy. Uh, lots of love to all your family uh, as well. Um, we're missing them videos from lockdown because they were special as well. So hopefully you're going to bring them back at some stage. But um, th-
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Thanks so much for coming on. real pleasure to catch up. And uh, thanks for your time today, mate. And we look forward to seeing Thank you soon. You. Cheers, Joe. Thank all you the best, guys, mate. very
3: much. Much Goodbye. love. Thank you very much.
4: December 2011, Washington DC, New York and much more. And this particular diary entry spreads across a couple of weeks in the US with Amir Khan and Carl Froch involved in huge World title fights in successive weeks. And we flew into Washington, D.C. on the Monday of the first fight week. Calm was defending two versions of the world super lightweight title against the local man Lamont Peterson, whose backstory was simply mind blowing. Early in the week, there was a media day at the Headbangers Gym, as it was called, run by Peterson's trainer Barry Hunter. It was in a grim part of town, about a 20-minute drive or so south of the White House, and we got really powerful interviews with Lamont Peterson and his brother Anthony, telling us how they were homeless and sleeping in supermarket car parks when Hunter rescued them and started training them when Lamont was barely 10 years old. And Washington, D.C. generally is an easy place to stroll around, and the time zone differences between there and the U.K. left us with some free time on a couple of late afternoons and i remember taking the subway one day to the famous arlington national cemetery which is home to the graves of hundreds of thousands of american soldiers and to the jfk memorial and close to that memorial is the last resting place of the great heavyweight champion joe lewis with his full name joe lewis barrow inscribed on the headstone. And it's a mark of the impact he made on American society that he's buried in the National Cemetery. And on the morning of fight day, I went downtown to visit another famous landmark, Ford's Theater. It's where President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in 1865. And I mentioned that not because it's such an evocative tourist experience, but because I would come face to face with another American president, later on in the trip although at that stage I didn't know what was coming. The fight itself between Khan and Peterson was controversial. Khan was docked a point in the seventh round and then another in the twelfth round and those points proved to be absolutely pivotal in him losing a split decision. The referee had punished Khan for pushing, which is not an offence we see too often in major fights. And the overriding feeling among the British contingent at ringside was that Khan had been hard done by. But I was commentating with Paulie Malanadji, who'd been beaten by Khan the previous year. And we got Paulie on board because we wanted an American voice to bring a different perspective to the night and the fight week. And that's exactly... What we got, Paulie told us how Khan had committed the very same pushing offence in their fight the previous year, but had got away with it. And Paulie's view ran counter to what everyone else was saying at ringside, but he wasn't going to be shifted from his standpoint, typically. The following day, we took the train up to New York, a ride of about three hours or so for another unification showdown, this time Carl Frotch against Andre Ward which was part of a tournament called the Super Six. The fight was happening in Atlantic City, but as is often the case in those circumstances, the media events were being staged in New York. And before we'd headed to the States, I'd arranged an interview with a former heavyweight title challenger called Chuck Weppner, the man known as the Real Rocky. He lived across in New Jersey and the interview was to tie in with a radio documentary we were planning to mark the 35th anniversary of the release of the original Rocky movie. Well, as for Chuck Wepner, what a man and what a story. He fought Muhammad Ali in 1975 and although battered around the ring, he somehow lasted into the final few seconds of the 15th and last round. And watching at a theatre elsewhere in the US was a struggling actor who was inspired to write a film script based on what he'd just seen. That actor was Sylvester Stallone, and the film was Rocky. Wetner, in talking about all of his stories, was hilarious. He had a stream of outlandish tales, including one about the time he fought a bear called Victor, which, believe it or not, was big news in the US at the time, in the mid-70s. And Chuck swears that Victor actually remembered him when they came together for a rematch. But then after that, it was back to the serious stuff. And on fight night, again, it was defeat for the British boxer. Only this time, there were no arguments about the verdict. Andre Ward was class on that night. A joy to watch. And he won a unanimous points decision. And I had as good a relationship with Carl Froch as I've had with any boxer in my career and sometimes the closer you get to them the harder the interview and the commentary become because you have to hold on to your dignity and be honest in what you're saying to them and about them and Frotch, at the post-fight press conference claimed that it was a close fight and he pointed out that the american judge at ringside had given the verdict to andre ward by only seven rounds to five and carl said something similar to me when i interviewed him by the side of the press conference stage afterwards but when I stopped recording he looked at me with this kind of resigned expression and he said it wasn't close was it Mike and I said to him no I didn't think it was mate." and he said he knew it wasn't close because usually his hands are aching and sore after a fight but tonight he said they're not and that was brutal honesty and insight after such a tough night mentally and physically for Carl then for all of us it was home or so we thought. I was told by our producer that earlier in the day, the team around the former American president, Bill Clinton, had agreed to an interview on a completely different subject after months of chasing. But it would have to be on the Tuesday of the following week back in New York. So that's another story. One for next week,
0: maybe. Well, on his way to training now. I've been trying to tie him down for a little while now, but I finally managed to. A very busy man, trainer Joe McNally and friend as well. Joe, I must say, you're on your way to, to work this morning at the the famous Rotunda in Liverpool. A busy place at the minute. I feel like every time I'm uh, I'm looking on Instagram, you've got a new fighter in the mix. What's going
5: on? Oh, well, yeah, Jay, nice today to speak to you again, mate. It's uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, um, I'm in a gifted situation with a lot of talented fighters and, you know, it's an early start for me going on through midday. I get them in all individual times, mate, and very busy, but look, you know, there's no other place I wouldn't rather be. It's, um, it's, it's it's a joy, mate. It's a joy.
0: I'm not going to spend too much time talking to you about Liam Smith. Obviously, we pass on our commiserations to the team. Obviously, on the back of that, I know you've done quite a few interviews after that fight. I want to talk to you about... Some of the other guys in the gym, the likes of Gary Cully and and Keevan Ajarko, Shannon Courtney, uh, also a a young female fighter that you've added to the ranks very recently. In terms of those guys, when can we expect to see those guys back out and and what's the latest on
5: those three I just mentioned? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, obviously, fantastic additions to the gym. Um, You know, they've been shipping away now for weeks on end and, you know, with developing a nice um, working relationship. It's it, Gary, I think Gary's out, he's going to be fighting on the Taylor Cameron rematch, Um, he's looking, he's aiming towards that date, Jay, he's, um, you know, settled in ni- nicely up here in Liverpool and, you know, he, he's he's a super talent, I, I'm really excited here for Gary, yeah, I've always had an eye on him anyway, he's, you know, achieved good things in his young career with Peter Taylor already and, obviously, you know, he's um. He be aiming to get get a fight, get back in the mix, and then aiming towards European European honours, and then pushing on to world level the back end of next year. See what's there, young Kevin. The same mate. Um, I think he's got a fight left under the matchroom room banner, with the options to you know extend it, and I think he should be in the mix. With all the top one far fours in the country, you know your your Eggingtons, your Troy Williamsons, your Josh Kellys. Man, um, you know I truly believe we're a good word ethic behind him. He can he can take over that division. He's a super talent. He's um, he's come back off a few injuries. He hasn't had the best of luck, and you know he's chipping away quietly in the background. Um, I'm excited for him, Jay. To be honest, and. We've got Young Shannon, she's she's back she's back over from she was living out in the Middle East she's back she's in Liverpool, um reallocated here, and you know what she's um, she works hard as fuck she's a super talent and yeah I'm looking she's looking to be out towards the end of the year I think she's having discussions with a management team and and Eddie and Frank and you know it won't be too long a win or two here and she's back in the mix for a world title mate exciting times.
0: Great stuff. Looking forward to seeing everyone, Joe, back in the ring and and seeing you very soon, Fight Week. I do move on to the the business part of this chat. So I gave you a little pre-warning on WhatsApp, basically, of what this is. We've had some some guests on so far. Uh, All trainers, I must add. So this is why I wanted to definitely get you on this week. So this is called Food Fight. Essentially, the idea is a dream dinner party, right? So there is some certain criteria that you do have to meet. The first guest, right? So you are hosting this dinner party, Joe McNally, in your penthouse suite in Liverpool, right? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Here we go, right. Guest number one, one dream guest from the world of boxing. So this can be past, present, fighter, trainer, anyone you would want personally (laughs) and why you would want them there. So a special connection to you, perhaps, or or it could be anything.
5: Oh, I'm I'm going to go with, Um, oh it's a difficult one because there's that many at one there to be honest Jay I'm gonna go with Eddie Futch okay legendary trainer Um, the reason I've won him there is obviously is his philosophies on boxing and a sweet science he was a technical technical master and you know the way he dissected opponents opposition and and, you know, his philosophies towards the sweet science second to none. And, you know, I'd love to, I think it'd be longer than a dinner with him. I'd like to spend all week, but yeah, Eddie Futch.
0: How much for you, Joe, is it about, you know, reading up on your craft? Obviously, you, you spent your whole life around the sport and, and boxed yourself, retired, unbeaten. But for you, yeah. how much is it about furthering
5: your knowledge and, and continuing to develop? Oh, do you know what, Jay? It's, it's like, as a as an ex-fighter, you know, you when I was fighting myself, it was, you know, you're always striving to, to be the best you can be. You're always looking, you know, to improve every minute of the day. Even as a kid, you know, sending off to the States for VHS's videotapes and you're getting and you're watching, you know, because back then there was, you know, there was, we never had the internet or nothing like that. And, you know, there wasn't no YouTube or nothing. So sending off a VHS to get your little, you um, PO box, the back of the box, and you send off. You get them sent, and you know it's it's extended now. Even in obviously the coaching teams of things. i you know it's studying the game, and there isn't. You're always learning and learning down from the you know amateur coaches, grassroots level, right up to you know world acclaimed coaches. You can you can always learn something off someone, and you know that's what I strive to do every day. Research and. Constantly trying to add chinks to me, I'm a mate to be the be the best I can possibly be myself. Um, sort of taking the attitude from a fighter into a coaching venture. So,
0: so the legendary Eddie Futch, trainer of, of the likes of Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, Larry Holmes. The list goes on. I'm just reading up on it yeah. here, but I mean, he he yeah, is yeah. the one. for Joe McNally. There you go. What a start. Yeah, next yeah. One Joe. He's yeah, an actor yeah. or actress from the film or TV world. What is Joe McNally's favorite film? Do you think?
5: Oh, I've got a numerous, numerous favourite films, you know, but uh, most recently, not too long, you know, Lockstock, Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, Um, what what films make you, I've just recently watched them um, recently and, you know, all the the lads and women in the gym, it's their favourite too, but an actor that I'd love to sit round a table with, I think it'd be a toss up between De Niro and Al Pacino, you know, it's uh, Al Pacino, it's for me, but I'm gonna go with De Niro.
0: he's a legend. Proper
5: legend. Legend, mate. Legend. What an actor. You, what do you think you'd ask him? Would, you know what? Just like the stories behind the scenes, the film the films he's been involved in and you know, the the people that cause obviously actors have gotta do their own homework and you know interview I'd say interview and get to know their their part and and their actor that the that's got to play the part he's got to you know get used to the, the research and you know the facts and knowledge that you know imagine the stories that that he could give you and tell you they'd be phenomenal and um, or oh, what an insight it would be especially in the world of Hollywood and, and what goes on behind the scenes um you know De Niro I can imagine that to be a legendary mate that would be a legendary chat I think I could see you Joe in a little Guy Ritchie number do you think I, not, a, not a chance I'd shit myself with think. <laughs> <laughs> that's what on the ground, definitely <laughs> okay, look,
0: <right. laughs> Robert De Miro joins Eddie Foot. okay this is a great start okay the next one is a musician or singer from the world of music uh, I asked this question to, to Ben Davison
5: last week what What does the playlist look yeah. like McNally oh do you know what Jay it's, even that that's a do it's, with myself it depends what mood you're in you know, down from the playlist can be house music, you know, old school house music, dance, so to say, to, you know, country, your Willie Nelsons, your Johnny Cashes, you know, r- r- right up to, you know, I'm a big fan of dancehall reggae as well. And, you know, I got brought up on it when I was a kid and from a, um, you know, mixed race family, um, so to say. And, you know, it, that comes from that avenue. But it depends what mood I'm in, Jay, to be honest with you. And yeah, I can never. It varies from from one day to the other, from one hour to the other. So to say, and you know, I've got a a good variety of music. If um, you were choosing
0: one guest, who do you think you'd have?
5: Ooh, Willie Nelson. Okay. Willie Nelson. That's another man. <laughs> you know, it's him. He's still going strong, and um, the stories behind him. I've read a few articles on him, and you know, what a legend! What a legend in um, in in the world. Of, the music, Willie Nelson, yeah, definitely. On the road again, give us a little bit. There you go. I'm not gonna give you that. I'm not a chance. You're not, re- you're not really, me like that. Not a chance.
0: What does uh, <laughs> what does music do, especially? I suppose when you're in, uh, when you're in the changing room and when the fighters are getting ready, how important do you think music genuinely is for for a fighter's mindset when they're preparing for for a fight?
5: Yeah, it warms the soul, doesn't it, Jay? Yeah, you know, it can, it can you know, pick you up when you're down. It can calm you down if you're nervous. There's, you know, you can identify a lot of life situations through certain songs and stuff. And, you know, music, so they say, is the key to the soul. But, yeah, there's, we've got a certain individual. Obviously, he works with um, a few of my fighters, you know, James Metcalf, uh, Liam Smith, he works with Munzo and stuff. Johnny Reynolds, Ada John, and... Um, that motherfucker's got the best playlist you let you'll ever have in in the world, and it's like it's like the vault in Ocean's Eleven. You're never get into it. He won't he won't pass it up, and um, he's legendary for it. Johnny Reynolds, you know he's he throws the tunes on, throws his playlist on, and uh, off you go, mate. It's you know I think music plays a, a big part, and if it could have anyone there with the playlist, it's it's the John Johnny Reynolds.
0: So every time I've been in the gym and told you this was a good song that you were playing, you've claimed it as your
5: own. You're actually telling porkies, are oh, you, Joe Boy? <laughs> no, I'm not uh, not my playlist yet. Yeah. Look, I try and have it, and I, and having you every day, each fighter put yours on today. Put put your playlist on. You put on, and, and everyone's got the variety, and you know it gives an insight to the person too, as well, doesn't it? It's so to say what they like, yeah, what they like um, away from the gym. And someone that refuses to put the playlist on, you know, they're listening to some funky shit that they, they won't do in front of people. They're a bit moody, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, <just> <laughs> <some meditation. laughs> yeah. Right, Joe, your last
0: guest is probably, I'd say, the most important one. Uh, we've had some absolute blinders. We've had fathers. um, Jamie Moore, um, we had a great chat with him, and then he chose the, the late, great Oliver Harrison as his guest. This yeah. last one is a personal yeah. figure. Yourself, it can be anyone from history, so any sort of historical figure or a personal yeah. one, a family member, someone not yeah. only you want to catch up with, but I guess someone you'd also want to enjoy this dinner party with of these guests as well. Who, who do you think that would be,
5: Joe? Ah, uh, it goes on without doubt, mate. My dad, he's um got love him. He passed away in uh, two fifteen. There's not a day that goes by, an hour hour goes by, mate. Dad, I miss him. Um, he was, you know, full of life. And, you know, unfortunately, he passed away with cancer. And, you know, he's a, um, he was a young man. When he passed away, he was only in his mid-50s. So um, he was a right character. And I would have loved to have had him there, the questions. He he would have had uh, the other guest up the wall, so to say. You know, he was, he was full of life. And, yeah, I would have loved him there. And more so just to ask a few questions that I think anyone who suffers a loss really wants, you know, there's always them. Um, unanswered questions that you want to ask or you want to do and you know even just 10 minutes with him around the table I give an arm and a leg for right now Jay. the truth of it is yeah but my dad mate my da, um, I, I miss the concert every day. Oh, that's lovely mate in, ter-
0: in terms of Joe what you can take from from your father and your relationship and the love you had what are, the, what are the biggest things that you, you've taken from him that you can put into your life and your work ethic every day? Because you're so passionate about what you
5: do as well. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? He, he was he was full of life, uh, my old man. And he was uh, him, He was uh, <laughs> very hard to describe in one sentence. But you know what? Self-respect. Res- um, respect yourself. Respect others. Treat others how you want to be treated. And do you know what? Don't... Don't take life too serious, you know. Enjoy, enjoy every moment from the highs to the lows, to you know the days you can't be asked. Just enjoy it, and you know I try and stick to that philosophy as much as I can. And you know I don't think it can go wrong, Jay, if you stick to them. And you know I'm I'm enjoying life right now, so you know, yeah.
0: Great stuff. Now thanks for that insight, pal. Your, your dad. What was your dad's name, Joe? Joseph. Same. Joseph. So Joseph yeah. makes up the compliment with, with Eddie Foot, Eddie Fitch, Willie Nelson, <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that's gonna be pretty lively, isn't it?
5: Uh, I think they're requesting round the table. To be honest with you, think round the bends.
0: I think, I think you'd gone. have a good few beers after that dinner party, mate. Wouldn't <laughs> you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The final question is, Joe. Uh, you are the you're yeah. the host of this dinner party. So, what's on the menu, mate? What are you are you much of a cook? What are you cooking for your your esteemed?
5: It'd have to be a nice Italian, Jay. Nice Italian, you know. Um, some fresh fish, you know. Nice starters, a uh, fresh pasta, you know. Your carbonara's, your calamari just, you know, your mozzarella, your prosciutto, just, just Nice. You cannot beat. Them. If you don't like a nice Italian, there's something the no matter with you.
0: But you know you're meant to be cooking all this, mate. You're not ordering in San Carlo for this party. <laughs> uh,
5: do you know what? I've got when I'm starving. and You're mentioning food. Uh, I'm meant to be on a fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey Joe, uh, I think I'm killing we're, we're pretty much wrapping this up, mate. Just as you're arriving at the gym, so I'm going to let you go. Enjoy a busy right. day. Uh, look forward to hearing news dropping very soon. So keep your eyes out on the matchroom social channels for for all of Joe's fighters. All in big fights in the remainder of the year. Joe McNally, what an absolute pleasure. As always, thanks for your time. What a great...
5: Uh, a, pl- a pleasure, Jay. I appreciate it. You have a nice day, bud, as well, okay? And I'll hopefully see you soon, mate.
0: Well, from all the way in Tijuana in Mexico, we're joined now by Bradley Superski, now part of Team Sky Nicholson. Of course, Sky Nicholson back in action this weekend Live on zone. Brad. We're both in Essex, myself and Scott. A little bit disappointed that we haven't got the call cool up into the sunshine because the weather's gone back to being miserable here. But how's uh, how's Tijuana treating you, sir? Uh,
6: it's unbelievable, mate. It's it's real good. The weather's hot. It's good, good vibes, and yeah, so it's, it's a pleasure to be part of Team Sky.
0: Well, I do want to talk to you about that right now. So we know, of course, your loyalties lie with the iBox gym. Is that how I imagine the link came up with Eddie Lamb and, and Sky Nicholson as well? To my knowledge, I think this is your first fight, isn't it? Officially in the camp of Sky Nicholson?
6: Yeah, yeah. Like say, um I've started obviously my professional career with uh, iBox and linked up with, with Ed. And yeah, we like I've known, I've known Ed like, way before that in my amateur days and that, so obviously having a relationship with Eddie's like family to me so um, yeah he's, he's, he's brought me on board to, to to help out with Sky now and like I said it's, it's a pleasure to be part part of the team.
0: And you're also training Fran Hennessy aren't you I believe as well who's just signed a, a promotional contract with Boxer. How good is she? Because a lot of people have been, have been talking about Fran and I said as uh, who else you're working with as well at this moment in time Brad?
6: Yeah Fran is, is, is going to be a superstar she, she's she's 18 years old and like I say she just kind just a a professional contract and um, yeah I'm really really looking forward to her and her future um, in the the professional game and I'm I'm really excited she's gonna she's gonna do really well and I've also got a brother uh, Michael Hennessy Jr his fight's just been announced with Harley Ben Um, so yeah so got 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 some exciting times ahead and uh, looking forward to their journey
0: Great stuff. Coach Skeet, looking forward to seeing how, how the stable progresses in the years to come, sir. One thing I do want to talk to you about, obviously, coming round to, to two years, I think it is now, since your last fight against Hamzir as it was very well documented, very well talked about, very controversial. I think it's fair to say. But do you think now, Brad, that you're at peace with, with that now, with retirement, with your career, and you can sit here very content that you're still involved in the sport you love?
6: Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm very content. I'm, I'm a lot of... Boxing is all I know, and that's, I'll always be part of boxing, and... Uh, yeah, I've had some good times and then I've had, had some bad times, but the good outweighed the bad. So, yeah, now to, to, to become a coach and, and give back and pass on what I know, I, I'm very content with it. Just like I say, my, my, my last fight ended very controversial and uh, we obviously see there's controversy in boxing week in, week out, but to see the, the, the same promoter uh, uh, moaning and crying about rules and that, but didn't have two words to say when... when my My fight got ended in in like a, a joke fashion, Do you know what I mean um, but see the same promoter like crying about a little low blow like is, is like if it was low or not do you know what I mean, and crying about walls and that that just gets my back off a bit, but we we move on like I'm on my new journey now, and I'm a coach now, and I can put all that behind me.
0: Well, great stuff. Great to hear you are, are you are very content, Brad, because that certainly is, I think, one of the biggest battles, isn't it, for, for boxers when they leave the sport. One man who does talk about you very fondly is the man on the line with us today, Bradley, producer Scott Hamilton. I believe you two have actually known each other for years, and he does have something that he wants to ask you. So here he is.
2: Yeah, me and Brad probably go back about a decade now. Time flies. Um it's funny actually when you think of it. I was the man to press the the button on the Box Nation Twitter account, the night Bradley dethroned Sam Higginton all those years ago uh, for the British title, and now I'm um, have the keys to the matchroom account. So it's weird how uh, <laughs> how things go round. And just a few days ago, Brad, it was uh, the 10 year anniversary of the late great Dean Powell, someone who I know had yeah. a, a major role in your career, someone you valued so dearly. So I just thought, in your own words, just for you to explain, you know, what a man he was.
6: Yeah, he, he done a lot for me, um, and like still now it hurts. you know what I mean? Because but I know I, I I always said like when when he, he passed away that he'll always be watching down and 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 he like when when I won the British title when I when I won, I went straight back and and I said I'd go go to he's got like a memorial bench in Greenwich I went and the next day I went down showed him the belt and I just know that like he'd be looking down and proud of everything that I've achieved and done in boxing and obviously now I've become the coach I know I know he's still with me so yeah like. Everyone in boxing knows what a good man Dean was.
2: Definitely, he was very approachable. When I first sort of broke on the scene in the boxing media sort of landscape, I remember meeting him, uh, meeting him at a press conference, and we exchanged numbers. and He sort of said, "If you want any advice or anything, mate, just give me a text." And I, I texted him only once, only, uh, and I got he got back his yeah. customary reply, which was uh, all the all the Georgie at the end of the text. <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah, that was Dean.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, top man. Um, Ten years, eh? It's, it's crazy how the time yeah.
0: flies. It is. That's Well, Brad, it's my absolute pleasure to tell you that we move on to the business side of this conversation now, which is the 12-round Eliminator Challenge Quiz. Now, I will just say in advance, we've had four guests on so far in this series. No one's done particularly well. It is a bit of a stitcher. We've we've only got you on because we like you, uh, and it's a a compliment, really. But I do just want you to be aware that if you don't get a great score, it's very much the taking part that counts, mate. Is that all right?
6: Wow, that sounds good to me.
0: <laughs> so what what I'm going to do now, Bradley Skeet, is hand over just to Scott briefly for those listeners who, who are tuning in for the first time to an episode of season three and the 12-round eliminator quiz to give a little bit of context of what it's about and just explain some of the ground walls uh, to you, Bradley. So are you ready?
2: Yep. All right, Brad. First and foremost, good luck, mate. I think you might need it. So essentially, this quiz, <laughs> this quiz is to uh, identify one of your previous opponents. Think of it as a little bit of a who am I? So there's 12 rounds or 12 clues on the line. With each passing round, you lose a point. So you'll start off with 12 points on round number one. And if you want to go to the next round, you can just say skip to the next one and we'll go from there. But each time you go to the the next round, you lose a point basically. So if you get it right in round number three, for example, you get 10 points. Now you only get one guess. So make it count. So don't, don't, sort of drop someone's name in there. If you think you might know it halfway through, we literally will take the first name that comes out of your mouth. So from a little bit of experience cool. from our far, uh, our last four guests, they've been pretty quiet and they've sort of skipped a few and, and then sort of gone in with their, with their guests uh, further down the line in the championship rounds. So cool. in essence, what I would say is um, good luck. It's meant to get easier right. as you do go on, but there is, there is a yep. lifeline as well, which you can call upon at any stage. So, Whenever you want to call upon that lifeline, you can just ask for it. Jamie will yep. read it out. It could be good. It could be bad. It'll be it'll be bad. You never know. <laughs> you never know. So if you're ready, ready, Mr. Bradley Ski, we'll get on with round number one.
6: Let's do this.
2: Good luck. <laughs> round number <laughs> round number one. According to the House of Names ancestry website, my family surname originates from Oxfordshire.
0: I told you this was easy, Brad. <laughs> You sound like you're
6: speaking
2: foreign to me. <laughs> next round. Next round. Round number two. I share my birthday with Rita Aura on November the twenty sixth. If you pulled this out. You out the, if you pulled it out of the bag.
0: <laughs> Brad, the weird thing is I don't I even know how I sport. look like a weirdo. If <laughs> I, I knew my <laughs> product, it <was> like that. <laughs> okay. I don't know how he finds this stuff out, Brad. That's the weirdest part. Okay, this one might this
2: one might give you a clue. Start to think back of the years and whatnot. So the night I made my professional debut, Sailor V by Bewitched was number one in the UK charts. Do you remember, uh, can you you remember that song?
6: Right can you and remember you, it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Even if I did,
2: I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in my head that is quite a long time ago. So that's you can start to maybe piece together who it may be. Next one.
6: Yeah yeah
2: round number four my last tweet was way back in August 2017 I don't really use social media
6: no <laughs> next one
2: don't forget you got that lifeline so round number five I am a massive Arsenal fan can you remember, remember any opponents uh,
0: let's have this lifeline oh okay Jamie the lifeline Okay, here is a lifeline, and for the first time, Bradley Skeet, it must be because producer Scott likes you. This might be the best one yet, because I think I one... don't know, John Ryder quite a good one. Now nah, we gave Darren Barker one about it being the same time as Indiana Jones was in the cinema, so this is much better than that. Here we go. Yeah. Your lifeline, Bradley Skeet, is I won an IBO world title. Ah, uh, no... <laughs> You know what? I'd guess with I was going guess with the Arsenal fans. Um, awesome. Are you, you going to go for this here? This would be. This would take you to the top of the league by a considerable stretch. I think. in Line. Oh, he yeah. nailed it! He pulled <laughs> it out <laughs> of the bag. Take the number one spot on the league. Eight ball. points. Wow,
2: that's going to be hard to beat. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how I win. roll, <laughs> Brad.
0: I've got, I've got to ask you, Brad. You've achieved so much in your professional career and now you're beginning your new journey as a coach but where on earth does this achievement rank in in your career
6: highlights Uh, I'm I'm smiling from ear to ear so I'm over the moon this is up there mate Bradley Skeet Uh, top of the pops
0: congratulations mate
6: top man Scott thanks
0: mate Brad final one um, from you Sky Nicholson in action this Friday of course in Tijuana in Mexico you're going to be in the corner you're going to be doing your thing Um, what can we expect to see from Sky and how excited are you to get off and running in this new chapter
6: yeah, just really excited. Obviously, like it's good to be with Ed again, like so obviously like I said, go way back with Ed anyway. So to work with him in the corner is gonna be unbelievable. And um, for Sky, I just I've just been telling her all week when I've been with her, just she's just gotta enjoy it and just relax and flow and all the time she's just relaxed and, 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 and uses her, her flair and her, her style, then she she she's gonna look she's gonna look a million dollars and I think this fight here will, will show. I think if she, can, if she can do what she's done in the gym and have and seen her train, then I'm expecting a really good performance, a stand-up performance, and uh, be on to be doing better things for her.
0: Great stuff. Well, phase two in the career, skip a skeet in the corner, we're going to call him from now on. <laughs> best, of luck, uh, best of luck on Friday, mate, with Sky, and we look forward to seeing you very soon.
6: I appreciate that, mate.
0: Cheers, Brad. Good to catch up, mate. Goodbye.
6: Cheers, Scott. Top, man. Thank you. Speak soon, mate.
0: Well, thanks, as always, for listening to Flash Knockdown. Really, really enjoyed this week's show. Thanks, as always, to producer Scott Hamilton. Scott, excited for the late night this week? Can't wait, mate. Alarm is set, ready to rock. Absolutely. T- Angel Fierro, blind me, I can't speak. It's been a long day. Angel Fierro back in action live on the zone this Friday night. Sky Nicholson also in action. Great night of boxing to look forward to this Friday from Tier 1. Thanks as always to our guests. What a stellar lineup this week. The great Mike Costello, Joseph Parker, Joe McNally, Chantel Cameron, and Bradley Skeet as well. We'll be back next week, so stay tuned. We'll see you then.